Welcome back. This is the soft count. So as training camps in the NFL are picking up, one of the big conversations right now are uh, contracts. There's a bunch of contracts that are either kind of in the talks or just getting finished or not going to get done. So the first one I wanted to bring up was Kyler Murray's contract. It did get finished. He's got a bunch of guaranteed money. Good for him. The big thing that everybody's talking about is like the study clause in his contract that nobody's ever heard of. It's a little embarrassing, I guess. Like it specifically mentions like Call of Duty and shit. Like stop playing Call of Duty. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you have to put that clause in there, I guess move on to a new quarterback or whatever. I don't know. I don't fucking know. That was, I do find that that entire thing to be very strange. However, I think Cliff Kingsbury is a solid enough coach. I mean, people think that. I don't know. There's still a lot of people like I don't know, and it's like, what's there not to know? They went like nine and zero at one point, and then kind of fall off at the end of the year. I'm not sure that's on Kyler or Cliff. There's just it's just hard, <laughs> you know. They made it to the playoffs. They got bounced. Now hopefully next year they'll make it to the playoffs and get a win. It's a it's a progression, you know. And they've progressed. The Cardinals are good. One of the interesting ones that I've thought, like as far as contracts are concerned, is the Debo Samuel contract. He's not going to practice until his deal is done, which is fine. But it, he's very adamant about not wanting to carry the ball and only be a receiver now as a coach after knowing what I've already been able to do with him and what his capabilities are if I were Kyle Shanahan I would trade him immediately I'd be like all right I can't sign a dude and then not be allowed to use him in different ways especially when his best abilities are being used in different ways Maybe they can have some language in there where it's like I only I, I'm only allowed five carries a game or ten carries, but that just is so immediately puts it in a box. Like your play calling gets put in a box, and I just don't want to deal with that shit. I would trade him and trade him to a team, and if the team's like we'll only use you as a wide out, and it's like okay, cool. But you know, and, and a lot of that's maybe about longevity for him. It's possible, I, you know, whatever, whatever he wants to do. I'm just saying, what makes him dominant is the fact that he can run the ball. So I, I definitely, man, I, I don't know what the Niners, I'd trade him. I, I, I would have traded him already, actually. <clears throat> I wouldn't sign him. <laughs> A lot of people were kind of finally remembering that Julio Jones got signed to the Bucks. He's done, all right? It, the big wideouts do not age well. They, they, just, they just don't. They just don't age very well. They don't, I don't know. Think about Megatron, right? He left early, and, and some of that was because he knows. Like, I'm giant. The reason Antonio Brown was still able to do shit, he was, like, tiny and quick and could get in and out of routes. And you see guys like Julian Edelman, they just last forever. It's because they're so small. And uh, the big guys, they lose their speed. And as a run, as a wideout, you can lose your speed. You just can't lose your quickness. And uh, big guys are really never quick, ultimately. They just use their speed and strength. And then it's like they lose their speed, and then they're just strong. And the little guys tend to have a lot of quickness that just never really goes away. Uh, their, their top end speed kind of drops off, but you know. So we'll see. I, I just don't think Julio is going to be a big difference maker for the Bucks this year. And I'm not even sure how much he'll play. I'm still waiting to hear about what they're going to do with Deshaun Watson. I feel like the the momentum for them suspending him indefinitely is gone. They're afraid of getting sued. And so that that seems like he's probably he's going to get like the minimum of probably like six games. You know, which would be crazy. I, I can't even believe I'm thinking that. 
So I got a couple early predictions for the season. I think the Raiders and the Dolphins are both going to be good this year. I think that the Bengals are going to regress, and I think Denver is going to struggle. People don't remember. Show me what year Russell Wilson was the driving force of that team in Seattle where they were winning. Like when they were winning, he was throwing like 120 yards a game. He has never been a guy that can go out there and give you throw for like 400 yards and, and dominate a game. He can score a touchdown with 30 seconds left in the game. He can throw a bomb and, and guys will go get it and like he can win with no time left. But I've never thought of Russell Wilson as the guy that is like throwing darts all over the field and he doesn't want to run anymore. He's kind of overweight. And I've just never thought of him as like a great thrower of the ball. The ball looks nice in the air. I just don't know why. I don't know. I'm not in on him. And I'm also not in on first-year coaches. And so we've got Russell Wilson, who may be declining, and then a a new coach. So I'm just not – a lot of people are high on Denver. I think they're going to struggle. I think the Bengals may struggle just because – just because, like, analytically, the team that loses the Super Bowl struggles. I think the Raiders are right there on the edge of becoming great. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them make a really nice run next year. And I think the Dolphins, if this coach is smart and with his play calling, I mean, Tua is accurate. He doesn't have a huge arm, but there is a lot of possibilities for really crazy play calling. Imagine if they were to run something similar to San Francisco, a lot of like jet sweeps and screens and bubble screens and all kinds of weird shit that would be cool and they've got a lot of speed i mean they got the two fastest wideouts in the nfl arguably and so that that'll be interesting I'm, I'm curious to see how they how they work out i'm also curious i think that new england's running back that rondell i can't remember his name i don't know he's like maybe he was a rookie last year i think he's gonna have a breakout season i'll have to look up his name let me look it up hold on Ramondre Stevenson. He was – so I saw him in the preseason last year, and he was electric. He used to play for Oklahoma. He had a fumble early in the year last year and didn't get to play much after that. Bill was like, no, sit the fuck down. But I think this dude, he just runs with such violence and power. I think he's going to have a big breakout year. This might be his year. I think going into the preseason and even into the regular season, the big questions are going to be, is Trey Lance ready? I mean, theoretically, he should be the be- the rookie <laughs> quarterback of the year. This should be his first year. He didn't really play much. He didn't play at all last year, really. He had a couple drives. I think he started one game. But this is his year. He's got that wonky throwing motion. I really do think the comp to him is more like Sam Darnold than Josh Allen. I mean, he's definitely, like, bigger and stronger and ha- more handsome or something than, than Sam Darnold. But as soon as I see that throwing motion, it worries me. I'll be honest with you, Josh Allen has a little bit of that shit, too. He brings the ball down past his hip when he pulls the ball back. He's really only played – Josh Allen's played one game where I was like, oh, my God, he's great. And that was in that playoff game with Patrick Mahomes last year. But I watch a lot of games, and he's got a huge windup. Sometimes the ball comes below his hip, like down to his thigh as he's pulling it back. And it's what makes him inaccurate. He's not a very accurate quarterback, Josh Allen. And a lot of their wins come from him scrambling because he's so big and strong and nobody can tackle him. It's like Big Ben was years ago. He's more athletic than Big Ben was. 
The problem I see with him is in his throwing motion, and nobody addresses it. Nobody talks about it. All I ever see, and people talk about his inaccuracy. They're like, oh, he's not consistent enough with the accuracy. And then they shit on all these other people's throwing motion. I'm like, look at Josh Allen's throwing motion. It is a fucking mess. It's 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 a mess. And I think Patrick Mahomes is kind of a mess too sometimes. He does that shit where he brings the ball back below his waist, like holding the ball all the way down there as they're pulling back. It's so weird. And it makes him inaccurate. I don't know how many balls I watch Patrick Mahomes just launch this way, and you'll see Tyreek Hill running a route and then just stop mid-route and then change direction and reroute to the ball and catch it. And people are like, man, Patrick Mahomes is the fucking best. And it's like, is he? We'll find out this year. We'll know for sure if he's the best this year because Tyreek Hill covered up a lot of his, his ugly shit. And Josh Allen, guess what he's got now? He's got fucking Stephon Diggs, and now they made a run to the playoffs and, and looked a lot better. And a lot of that is these guys that aren't accurate, they have huge arms, and they can just kind of throw them up. And then he's got the threat of running, which Mahomes does too. I, I'm telling you, Justin Herbert, he's got a good throwing motion. Tua has a good throwing motion, even though he's left-handed, which I always hate for a quarterback. It fucks up everything in, fo- in football. Basketball, doesn't matter. Almost every other sport, it doesn't matter. Hockey, it doesn't matter. Baseball, it matters. But football, when the quarterback's left-handed, all of a sudden the left tackle, who, who's your, supposed to be your best lineman, is now your, your right tackle. Like, everything's backwards. The ball spins the opposite way when it comes out of the dude's hand. So the receivers see the ball differently. And most receiver, receivers have never had a left-handed quarterback. So the, that, that's going against Tua in a lot of ways. I was looking at the Cowboys' uh, schedule. They might lose their they might lose their first three games. <laughs> Can you imagine if they're zero and three? Jerry Jones will be blowing a fucking gasket. Watch out for that. UFC 277 is this weekend. I'm actually getting pretty pumped up. I do love the pay per view events. Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunes are the headliner. I'm actually really excited about it. I I love the women UFC fights. I think that women's UFC is the only women's sport that is actually, like, the women are really visible, and they actually can headline an event, and people watch, and they're stars. I I mean, some of the WNBA players, like, people don't even know who they are. The, the, The stadiums are fairly empty. And people don't really watch it on TV, but the women in UFC are actual stars, and it's uh, it's really it's awesome. It's empowering to women. I dig it. Juliana Pena has a chance. She is. I've been watching the the kind of the, the Ultimate Fighter show or whatever. I've been trying to catch up on that. I found a way to kind of get some of those episodes down. It's a little ESPN Plus trial. <laughs> Juliana Pena, she's big enough. She's strong enough, and she definitely showed in the first fight that she can bang with Amanda. But Amanda looks like she's in the best shape I've ever seen. So I'm really pumped about that. Kaikara France is one of my favorite fighters. I just love him. I don't know why. He's sweet. I've already kind of talked about most of the other fights on the main card. I know Anthony Smith and Magomed Akhalayev are fighting. I mean, Magomed is going to probably smoke Anthony Smith. It'll be pretty quick. First round finish, I would imagine. I want to talk a couple fights on the prelims, though. Alex Morono and Matthew Semmelsberger are fighting. Alex Morono has been one of my go-to dudes. He's 21-7. and seven. He is really, really tough. But Matthew Semmelsberger, he's 10-3. and three. He's fucking terrifying. 
that it might has that has a chance of being the fight of the night. Alex Morono, Matthew Semmelsberger, preliminary card, eight o'clock. It's gonna be a fucking that, that fight's gonna be nuts. Drew Dober and Rafael Alves. It might be a sweet fight. I always I love watching Drew Dober in the first round. He's really jacked, kind of like similar to a Michael Chandler. And he's got a lot of power in the first round, and he doesn't really carry it past that. And so, you know, maybe you can get a first-round knockout. That'll be fun. Dracar Close and Rafa Garcia are also on the main, uh, the preliminary card. Dracar Close is 12-2, and two, and Rafa Garcia is 14-2. and two. These two guys are high-level dudes. It's gonna be, it's gonna be really sweet. I'm actually, really, the preliminary cards this weekend are fucking awesome. The early prelims has Jocelyn Edwards. I've made some money on her lately, so I'm always about it. Hopefully, she comes out and does what she does and gets a win against this Asian girl, Jin Ji Young Kim. I want to say that they are. This is a rematch. Didn't they just fight? Hmm. I don't know. I feel like these two women just fought each other, so this this may be a rematch. I'm not 100% sure. I know Jocelyn Edwards just fought recently, and I want to say it was against an Asian lady, and I will sound racist just saying it looks the same. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I really don't know. So those are just some of the fights I'm kind of pumped about. On Friday, we'll get our fight night pickums. Last week, I ran into some problems. I have a, not a daughter, I've got a sister-in-law that was 16 and had to move in with us. My wife lost both of her parents, and so we took a 16-year-old kid in. And now she's 20. It was her 21st birthday last Friday night. And so that was what I was doing. I was out taking our sister-in-law out for her 21st birthday. Pretty wild night. <clears throat> Didn't get to get the pot in. It just, I was like hurt for three days. Anymore. God, I went on a bender in Chicago. I was hurt for two weeks. I had one night last night and I was hurt for three days. So pretty, pretty rough. Pretty rough. Getting older. NBA is really interesting right now. A lot of that has to do with Kevin Durant. Some people on TV are saying, look, see, nobody wants him. He's untradeable. The only reason he's untradeable is that the team that has him will not give him away for just fucking nothing. Really, I'm telling you, the only team that has anything that they can give up would be the Lakers and AD. Because they still have pieces with LeBron James and that he can they can pair him with somebody. But every other team, they want the young star for Kevin Durant. They're not going to give him up and not get Devin Booker in return or some shit. I'll tell you what, the, the Boston trade, the fact that they didn't do that over Marcus Smart is fucking mind-boggling to me the more I've thought about it. Like, you're telling me, the Nets, that you're willing to do all this shit, but but you, you got to have Marcus Smart on this deal or it's not a deal? Like, what? Okay, I guess. I, and if I'm the if, – if I'm Boston, I would be so relieved to get rid of that dude. You're out. You're not going to get along with Kevin Durant anyway. If I'm Boston and I'm, I'm getting Kevin Durant, like I can already tell you those two dudes are not going to get along. So fuck it. Get rid of him. Mind-boggling. LeBron, they, they got to do something. They cannot run it back. They cannot run it back. All the shit Darvin Ham's already saying on TV about Westbrook, like he needs to be a defensive player and LeBron's going to bring the ball up all the time. Like Westbrook's already losing his fucking mind. He wants out of there. Nobody wants to run that shit back. So make sure you guys hit the like and follow. Leave a review. Shoot me a DM if you hate me. Let me know. And uh, I'll read it out loud. 
talk to you guys soon. I'm going to be, uh, like I said, I'll check back in on Friday for the fight night pick. I'm just probably get a pod in tomorrow that'll be a little bit longer. I want to see what's going on in training camps. I think that they, they said David Bakhtiari for the Packers already is having like a knee surgery. That's another guy down for the Packers. Watch out for them just looking fucking awful. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm, I'm not a Packers fan. I saw some people talking about Devontae Adams. Will he be as good without Aaron Rodgers? Like, yeah, dude, the Raiders are going to fucking kick ass this year. They're going to they're gonna be really good. They had terrible coaching last year and made it to the playoffs. Now they got Josh McDaniels, who's kind of re- rehabilitated his career back in, back in uh, New England again, and, and now he's gone back out again. He's learned from his mistakes. I really like him. I do like Josh McDaniels. And I think people really are going to respect him this time around. He's just older. He might have just been too young for people to give a shit. And then he, then he took Tim Tebow in the first round, and it just looked it just didn't work out. Now he's got a quarterback in place. He's got a superstar wide receiver who he's worked with guys like that in the past. It's just going to be fucking awesome, man. They're going to be unstoppable. I'll check back in for the fight night pickums. Talk to you guys soon. Peace. <laughs>